uh, before we formally close our time, and then we'll have some informal activities together, Lord willing. It is the last Sunday of 2020, and maybe, maybe some of us are saying good riddance to 2020, maybe. Uh, it was a year, as we've been reminded already, of a pandemic and of a passionate presidential election. It was a year of protest and a year of many polarizing issues, no doubt about it. But I want to ask you, and I want you to think about this, I wonder, was it also a year of peace for the Christians, for those that know the Lord? And how about spiritual progress? Were we totally derailed by the protests and the pandemic and the politics and all that was going on? What about spiritual peace from the Lord? What about spiritual progress? We don't live in a state of panic, do we? Yes, I recognize and I willingly admit that the things that happen around us do shake me as well at times, no doubt about it. But we come back to our center. We come back to he himself, as Dave just reminded us, who is our peace, who is our life. The scriptures tell us that we have believed the gospel of peace. Ephesians 6.18, we trust the God of peace. Hebrews 13.20, we serve the Lord of peace. 2 Thessalonians 3.16. The Lord Jesus said these remarkable words. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Pandemics, yes. Politics and political upheaval, yes. Protests and polarizing issues, absolutely. But in me you may have peace. In fact, listen to the next sentence. This is John 16:33 by the way. These things I have spoken to these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Period. In the world, you will have tribulation. You will have tribulation. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Yet, even still, in me, you may have peace. If we abide in Christ. As we sung last week, if we're stayed upon Jehovah, perfect peace and rest. Peace and progress in the midst of political upheaval and protests and a presidential, a passionate presidential election and all the rest of it. That's right. That's right. Biblically, we can have this in Christ. We ought to know that the enemy would have us, and I trust we do know this, the enemy would have us in a state of turmoil and not peace, in a state of stagnancy and not progress, in a state of distraction and not devotion, and worry to the detriment and derailing of our spiritual walk. I hope you believe that. Listen to this. The spiritual enemy, Satan, is very active in the midst of all of these political and medical and cultural upheavals. And his interest is not just in the political, medical, and cultural, but in the spiritual. I hope you believe that. 
the enemy is interested. I'm not saying that everything that's going on out there does not touch the physical. It does. But we recognize that the enemy of our souls is interested in something more than just the political, the medical, and the cultural upheaval. He's interested in your spiritual upheaval. He is. Some may think that these alarms regarding Satan are too stern, maybe a bit dramatic. But listen to what the Word of God says. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ, Colossians 2.8. Listen to this other warning. Beware, lest you fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, Second Peter 3, 17 and 18. Listen to another warning. Beware, brethren, lest there be in you a heart, an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. I hope you recognize and believe that you have an active enemy who seeks your spiritual upheaval. Yes, we recognize that the world is filled with physical political, medical, and all kind of upheavals. But the enemy is active in the midst of all of that to rob you of your spiritual peace and to derail you from spiritual progress. So I hope that 2020 was a year for you. Yes, it, we all of those things affect all of us. We, they're there. We've got to deal with them. But I hope you haven't been totally robbed of spiritual peace. If you've been shaken, I hope that you've been able to come back to he himself who is our peace. And I hope you've not been derailed totally from spiritual progress. And if we have been, let's get back on track, right? We've got a new year ahead of us. Every day is a new day. Let's get back to spiritual progress. I want to give you two things as we close this time together that have been a great help to me as we think about living a life of peace, spiritual peace and spiritual progress in the midst of all of these challenges around us. Two things, two points. Point number one, the Lord works even through wickedness. The Lord works even through wickedness. If I could attach a word to that, I would attach the word sovereignty, sovereignty. The Lord works even through wickedness. That's number one, sovereignty. Number two, the Lord tests or tries even through tribulations. The Lord tests or tries even through tribulations. And if I could attach a word to that, it would be sanctification. So two things that have helped me come to a state of peace and to get back on track with spiritual progress in the midst of all that's going on around us. Number one, the Lord works even through wickedness. That's sovereignty. Number two, the Lord tests or tries even through tribulations. That's sanctification. These truths apply to all realms and spheres of life, globally, locally, personally, but certainly spiritually. So let's think about this for just a minute as we bring our formal time to a close. The Lord works even through 
wickedness. We, re- we remember, I, if you were here last week, we looked at the lineage of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we saw the way that God could sovereignly work in spite of, or even in the midst of, wickedness and perversion. Remember, Jamel reminded us of those like Rahab and Tamar and these various ones who in the lineage of Christ had failures. In fact, beyond failures, there was wickedness. And yet the Lord works even through wickedness. Now, I want to say that I'm not promoting nor condoning wickedness in any way, and neither do the scriptures. But we have to recognize that the Lord sovereignly works even through wickedness. Many have come to me, in fact, I'll just say, I had a co-worker who came to me, and he's got all of this information that he wanted to present to me about voter fraud and all of these things, and he's fully persuaded that there is wickedness going on in our country at high levels. Very well may be right. I, I, I couldn't judge. I don't know. Very well may be right. But to be able to point him to the scriptures and show him that even in wickedness, the Lord is still at work. You remember Joseph, right? Joseph would say at the very end of his life in Genesis 50, all kind of wickedness done to him. These were not just mishaps. And they weren't just trials, though they were trials, but it was actual wickedness. Brothers doing deceitful things, awful things to him. But as for you, Joseph would say, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is to this day to save many people alive. The Lord works even through wickedness. So you may be saying, but look around us. Look at the wickedness that's happening around us. And we may be able to to raise our hands and say, I see it. It's there. But oh, to recognize that the Lord is at work even through the wickedness. There is no story in the Bible that illustrates this better than the story of the cross. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and have crucified and have put to death. Was it wickedness there at Calvary? You can say yes. That was wickedness. Mankind took an innocent person and executed him like a criminal because of jealousy, because of selfishness. It was filled with wickedness, wickedness everywhere. And yet Peter would say him, that's the Lord Jesus being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. Listen to this in Acts 4, for truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do wickedness. Well, he could have said that, that's true. But he said to do whatever your hand 
and your purpose determined before to be done. So the Lord works even through wickedness. We can take peace in that, can't we? We can take peace in that as we see the wickedness around us. It's there. I'm not denying it. It's there. But we have peace because the Lord works even through wickedness. That's his sovereignty. But one other point. Sanctification. The Lord tests or tries us even through tribulations. That the testing and the trials and the troubles and the turmoil and the tribulations are being used by the Lord for our purification, for our sanctification. Listen to what Peter would say in First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Any here that could say I've been grieved by trials, by various trials, as we look back on 2020? Many of us would say that's, yeah, grieved. What a, what a year. But Peter would say, in this you greatly rejoice. Verse 7. How can we rejoice in the face of trial and tribulation and turmoil and trouble? Well, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Job said something very similar. When he has tested me, Job 23.10, I shall come forth as gold. There was a whole song written about this. God never moves without purpose or plan. When trying his servant and molding a man, he would test us and try us for our sanctification. So, We must remember, dear saints, that the Lord works even through wickedness and the Lord tests even through trials and tribulations and troubles so that James would say this, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And there are very similar verses all throughout the New Testament that reaffirm this. So we could emphatically say there are positive effects of persecution. In layman's terms, there are benefits of beatdowns. It's true. There is gain through grief. There is advancement through affliction. There is development through distress. You can be heartened even through heartache. You can be bettered through burdens. You can make serious spiritual strides through sorrow and suffering. That's biblical. The Lord tests. He tries through tribulations. God is sovereign and God is sanctifying. I hope you believe that. If we really do, it will give us peace and will help us bring back on track the spiritual progress that the Lord desires in the midst of all of the challenges of 2020. 